I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. So Dr. Lightman, Dr. Alan Lightman, nice to meet you here remotely. Nice to meet you, Oprah. Thanks for joining us for this call to unite and also on Super Soul Conversations. From the moment I read that article that you wrote in The Atlantic recently titled, The Virus is a Reminder of Something Lost Long Ago, perfect title, might I say, I was so moved by your words, I've been wanting to talk with you about it. So I'm glad we had this opportunity. So before we get started, I just want to introduce you all to tell you uh, who Dr. Lightman is. He's a physicist, also a humanities professor at MIT. You're known as one of the few scientists who's also a best-selling writer of novels and one who embraces spirituality. That's what got my attention, a scientist who embraces spirituality. Sounds like, to me, you're a renaissance man for times such as this. Well, the world has gotten more and more interdisciplinary, so uh, we need people that can cross disciplines and talk to each other. So before we talk about that article in The Atlantic, and I was just sharing with you before we started that The Atlantic is doing a great job on COVID. I mean, I think their articles, are, you, you, they're, they're so nonpartisan, you, you just feel the truth in them. Uh, I wanted to ask you about an experience that you wrote about in one of your books called Searching for the Stars on an Island in Maine. So you were on a boat at night on the ocean when you had a transformative, almost transcendent experience. Share that with our audience, will you? Well, I was coming back to an island late at night. It was after midnight and uh, it was a clear night and there was no one out on the water. And I turned off the engine of the boat and it got even quieter. And then I turned off the running lights of the boat and it got even darker and I lay down in the boat and just looked up at the sky and it's just you just you just me just me on the boat after midnight i lay down in the boat and looked up at the at the sky and i felt like i was falling into infinity uh i felt like i was emerging with the stars. And not only with the stars, I felt like I was merging with the cosmos. Uh, it was an incredible feeling. I felt like I was part of something larger than myself. Um, and I, I've been a scientist all of my life, and, uh, but I realized that later that that was a, a, an experience that was really not reducible by the methods of science. The, the feeling that I had of being connected to something big. Because science was always out to prove a thing, and you're saying that just the experience itself for you and anyone else who has that experience, that is proof enough. That's the, the authority lies in the experience itself. No, no one can negate the experience that you have. That's pretty amazing coming from a scientist. So we're living in a world now and a time where scientific facts, as we can tell from 
every news uh, organization are more important than ever for all, from all the information that we're getting. We're living in a time where scientific fact is so important. But you say that there is actually room for us to understand that there is an invisible and, as we just said, unprovable but real connection between all living things and the universe. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Well, I'd like to distinguish between the physical universe, which is the, the subject of science, and what, what I might call the spiritual universe. And by the spiritual universe, I mean the collection of all of those experiences that we have where we're tied to something larger than ourselves. I'm not talking about organized religion. I'm talking about this very vital personal experience like the one I had lying in the boat in Maine looking up at the stars where we feel connected to things bigger than ourselves. And those are two domains, the, the scientific and the spiritual. They each have their own uh, region of validity. Uh, questions like uh, how old is the earth or what is the cause of climate change? Those lie in the physical realm, and they are the, the realm of science. But there are other human experiences that we have, like the one we described lying in the boat looking at the stars, that, that are not reducible by science and that are part of some other world, some other existence. Uh, I think that's one of the things that connects us as people. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> What you describe in the boat, I had an experience like that in 2006. I was walking along a road in Maui in an area where the clouds had come down, and it was like we were walking through the clouds. You could see only through the clouds just a sliver of a, of, of a moon, and it looked like the moon. And my friend said, oh, that looks like the DreamWorks moon. You could put a boy up there with a fishing pole, and you could just see the sliver of the moon. And as we're walking... It became so still that I tell you, just thinking about it, it makes my eyes water. It became so still that I felt that thing that you're talking about in the boat, where I felt a connection between all time, all life, all space. It just felt, I felt expanded. I felt like I, I felt like I was a part of the clouds. So that's the yeah. same thing you're talking about. Yes, yeah. that's the same thing. And I think many, you know, I think all of us have had uh, experiences like this, um, one of the, the aspects of the experience uh, that you're describing, and I, I imagine you felt too, is, is you, you lose track of your body. You lose yeah. track of your ego. You lose track of yourself. And you lose track of time. Um, it's, it's a beautiful experience. What is that, Dr. Lightman? Is that just a glimpse? That's just a glimpse of what it, at what is, right? That's a glimpse at the full present moment that we speak so much of. That's just a tiny little glimpse. Yes. Oh, please call me Alan. But yes, that's okay. That. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, Alan, Dr. Oh. Alan. <laughs> now that we're talking about transcendent experiences, uh, we should be. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a glimpse. It's a glimpse of something. And of course, we don't know what that larger thing is. Einstein said someone asked him whether he was uh, a spiritual person or a believer or something and he said i feel like we are children going into a library and we see a lot of books in the library written in different languages and we don't we can't read the books but we know that somehow they got there that that something produced those books 
Yeah. You know, I'm thinking that this pandemic, I think of it as a massive reset for the world. And I know that you believe that we have a chance to choose a less hurried life now. You wrote about that in the Atlantic article. And you write that we've been living too fast. We have sold our inner selves to the devil of speed, efficiency, money, hyperconnectivity, progress. I know you wrote a whole book on this topic called In Praise of Wasting Time, but this time that we have right now, do you think that this is a perfect time to be reset and to do what we're talking about, be more united? Yeah. Well, I think there is a, a, a silver lining to the, the virus. And of course, when you say that, you have to first acknowledge the tremendous human suffering that's going on, the billions of people who don't even have clean water to wash their hands. So, right. Uh, and uh, the millions uh, of people who've lost their jobs. People have lost their jobs and, 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 and we need to celebrate the, the healthcare workers and the people working in, in grocery stores that are keeping everything going. You know what this time has done? It has allowed us to see that the people who you, for, for many people, overlooked and felt yep. were just a part of your daily life, how necessary mm. everyone is for mm. your life to be lived comfortably and well. Yes, yes, it gives us a greater appreciation of the of invisible people that make our lives run. Um, but I think that there, there might be one or two silver linings to this devastation, and one of them is that it is forcing many of us to slow down. Uh, of course, uh, you have to have a certain amount of privilege to be able to slow down, but I hope that we can be become conscious of the, of the frenzy of our normal lifestyle, where most of us uh, run around checking off items on our to-do list, uh, being connected to the grid 24-7, everything is scheduled up, and we, we haven't had the time to think about who we are, to reflect on what's important to us, uh, to be quiet and still. And I, I believe that one of the possible benefits of this period we're going through now is that it's forcing some of us to slow down. To slow down and to take a look at, to do some introspection, actually. To do some introspection, uh, which we do too little of. We, 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 we've been running around not thinking about what our values are. And that takes quiet time to do that. It I takes love this line that you wrote about being on lockdown. You said, by forcing many of us to slow down, to spend more time in personal reflection, away from the noise and the heave of the world, with our quiet time, more privacy, more stillness, we have an opportunity to think about who we are as individuals and as a society. You know, both the, the moment that you described in the boat, the moment that I was talking about walking on the road in Maui, both came out of stillness. That's what I remember about that time is that it was so still, I felt I was the stillness, the stillness was in me, and we were like all one. And so I think this opportunity to be still, you're onto something. Well, the pace of life has been increasing since, since the Industrial Revolution. And uh, it, some of it has been invisible. The technological advances and economic prosperity have all been increasing the pace of life. And we've just sort of 
gone along with the wave of, of prosperity and technology and not realize that we have lost these moments of stillness. We've lost the silences, the privacies, the moments that you had in the cloud, the moment that I had in the boat. Uh, I, I'm hoping that, that, that in this period now where we're, a lot of us are forced to slow down, that we can develop a new habit of mind, uh, a new way of, of being in the world, uh, a recognition of the importance of slowing down and of, of stillness. Because you say that each of us, this is a time for introspection for us as individuals. Each of us has our own inner life. Of course, we all know that. But you say mm -hmm. our nation also has an inner self. I've always felt this as well. And I've interviewed thousands of people in, over the years. And I felt it underneath people's individual lives, of course, and individual decisions, there is a collective decision, a collective consciousness. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, I think so. Uh, for me, my inner self is, is the part of me that imagines, that dreams, that thinks about who I am and what's important to me. And if you think of our whole country, America, as a person with an inner self, does it recognize that it has an inner self? Is it giving itself yeah. the stillness and the, the quiet to think about who America is and what's important to America. I think that our inner self is our real freedom. And if America does not recognize its inner self, it doesn't have a real freedom. Um, and if, if, if America doesn't have a real freedom, if it cannot listen to that quiet voice of its inner self, then how can it help other countries gain freedom? How can it be part of the, the harmony of the, the group of nations? How can it help bring peace if it doesn't recognize its own moments of stillness? Well, this unprecedented global event that Tim Schreiber dreamed up, the call to unite, is of course an ambitious one. And we know everyone is struggling to take care of their own health, take care of their own families, as you mentioned, just what it takes every day to stay present. In what ways do you think it is now easier for us to be united? Well, the coronavirus has involved the world in a way that even the, the two world wars of the 20th century did not involve the entire world. It, it's involving the entire world. And although there is a lot of inequality in the way that we're experiencing the coronavirus, um, I think there was a British writer named Damien Barr who recently said uh, that we're, we're different boats but we're in the same storm. And we are all participating, experiencing the same storm now. And, and that unites us. In the last couple of months, there have been a, a lot of beautiful acts of, of courage, of invention, of goodwill. It's just everybody in the world is saying, no, we're not going to be defeated by this storm. Well, I think what you said at the beginning of the article in The Atlantic, the virus is a reminder of something lost long ago, is what we want to take away for this call to unite. You said, in rebuilding a broken world, we will have the chance to choose a less hurried life. That's what I want. That's what I want, too. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Oprah. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. 
You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul conversation. Thank you for listening. 